0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is Saturday, January 14th, 2023. You're listening to This Week in Sports. I'm your host, as always, The Pody. And I want to first start off by saying last week, I erroneously stated that it was episode 196. I've done that a couple of times in the past, but no, it was actually episode 195. This is episode 196. Um, I thought I was going to do an episode last night, a week ago, and then I totally forgot yesterday was my grandmother's 90th birthday. So shout out to you, Graham. Um, went and visited her last night and, you know, spent some time with her. So it, I didn't get home till late, had no chance to get this episode done yesterday. So we're here today. I don't really have any uh real script or, or any notes for today's episode. So we're kind of just winging it. But I, I do know what I want to talk about. We've got it's wildcard weekend. Finally, we know the um the playoff teams. One quick note, uh, the playoffs have a new format, thanks to Chiefs bills. If game a game should go to overtime in the playoffs this year. It is not, you know, first team scores a touchdown, the game is over. It is both teams will get at least one possession, so it adds a little bit of a wrinkle. So say Giants Vikings goes to overtime. Giants receive the ball in overtime. They go down, they score a touchdown. Traditionally, that would mean that the game is over. That is not the case anymore. Now, if the Giants go down and score a touchdown to start overtime, the Vikings get the ball. And where this adds a bit of a wrinkle is, if the Vikings now go down and score that touchdown, pending the extra point to tie it, unfortunately, What would happen, though, is if they do go for the tie, the Giants now get the ball back and it is a sudden death situation. So should they go kick a field goal, the game would be over. So that team that scores second, should they score second and tie the game with that touchdown, they might consider going for two for the win, because if you give the ball back to the other team. Any type of score now, the game is over. So that's just an added element, something to keep an eye out for. So we've got two games today starting at 4.30. We've got the 49ers and the Seahawks. Uh, This is a nice divisional matchup. Um, These two teams did play earlier this year, and the 49ers beat you know, one twenty-seven 27 to seven, but obviously different circumstances for sure with Jimmy Garoppolo starting that game, not Brock Purdy, although Brock Purdy has yet to lose a game. Um, so this should be an interesting one. They then played again, uh, not too long ago with Brock Purdy, and it was a little bit closer, 21 to 13. Uh, so very interesting uh Elijah Mitchell is once again back for the 49ers they're coming off a strong finish to the season where they knocked off the Cardinals 38 to 13 that was the 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 straw that broke the camel's back if you will Cliff Kingsbury has since been fired um there's been a bunch of coaches that have been fired i think there's four or five openings Sean McVay announced he is going to come back so that dropped it down uh one one less head coaching uh vacancy um so we'll see what happens. The Jets obviously fired Michael LaFleur. They put out some, you know, bizarre tweet or something or or a statement basically saying, oh, they wanted to bring Mike LaFleur back for sure, but there's he has so many other coaching opportunities that they decided to, you know, just let him go and do his thing. I don't know what the hell that means. I'm not buying it for a second. Nobody else wanted Mike LaFleur. Uh, maybe his brother is going to want him now that he's out of a job, might might do the nice thing and, and bring his brother on uh, to, to be his offensive coordinator there in Green Bay with that future of that franchise in flux. Is, is Rod is coming back. Is he going to move on? So we'll see. I'm I'm excited to see who the Jets get as their next head coach. I mean, look, look, Cliff Kingsbury is a name that comes to mind. Former head coach, offensive minded guy, college guy. Um, Frank Reich is another name that's been popping up. He was fired as head coach of the Colts. So so we'll see. There's some names I'm hearing out there, some guys with no experience, uh, but we kind of need somebody with experience. So we'll see what happens. Um. I didn't, I kind of forgot to talk about this on on the end of last week's episode, but we had the national championship game Monday and I really didn't bring it up. And I'm sorry for that. Shame on me because it was a good one in the sense that everything I thought was going to happen, happened. Uh, Georgia was 13 and a half point favorites. And without question, I knew they were going to blow TCU out of the water. And I knew that because I did a parlay on this game and I hit it for one hundred and sixty eight dollars payout. Uh, I threw fifty bucks on it. And I bet uh, Max Duggan, quarterback of TCU to score a rushing touchdown. And I bet the over. Uh, 62 and a half I knew it was going to be high scoring every CFP game had been high scoring I just didn't realize and I'd stayed away from the spread because a lot of people were trying to bet TCU and, and, and mattress Mac bet over 3.1 million dollars oh my God on TCU and it was over by the end of the first quarter when it was 17 to 7 you just knew TCU looked totally out of whack um I, quite frankly the final score of 65 to 7 Max Duggan scored the only touchdown for TCU. And it happened to be exactly what I needed. Um, Georgia, Georgia covered the over by themselves with their 65 points. So shout out to them back to back national champs. Kirby Smart is the new standard. It looks like Um, good to see another team besides, you know, Alabama, you know, winning every single year. So it's it's nice to see. Um, And TCU, you know, tipped their hats to them. I, I was like three and one on the year betting on them. And they just, they ran into a buzzsaw. I mean, they, oof. um if they had this game to do over again, uh, I think it would be a little bit closer than 65 to seven. But either way, congratulations to Georgia for sure. So uh, back to the NFL, we've got two games today. Like I said, San Fran, Seattle, and then the Chargers um going on the road in Jacksonville, because Jacksonville, they won uh, that winner-take-all winner, winner take all game against the Tennessee Titans for the AFC South Championship. They were actually trailing most of that game. Give Tennessee some credit. Josh Dobbs, you know, journeyman-type quarterback, really was playing well until late in this game when he basically got hit from behind and fumbled the ball. Jacksonville with a scoop and score with around two and a half minutes left in this game um, or so, and, and they ended up winning winning basically on that play just unbelievable so yeah jacksonville with the huge turnaround i mean i mean think about this for a second jacksonville from september of 2020 when really the pandemic started um that pandemic season with no fans to october of 2022 the jaguars won six games in that 25 month span They finished the season on a, you know, they went seven and two down the stretch. I'll never forget that game um, in London or whatever, where where the Jaguars lost. And they were basically like Trevor Lawrence is saying, like, yeah, we were we're a pretty we're a pretty good team Or, or where they beat the Chargers 38 to 10. He's talking about how they were such a good team or whatever. And then they proceeded to lose five in a row. And then just went 7-2 and down the stretch and finished on a five-game winning streak. So, listen, they already beat the Chargers once. I don't think they're going to beat the Chargers again. Of course, um, no Mike Williams in this game. He apparently, like, fractured a bone in his back. They're killing Brandon Staley for, you know, for playing him last week. But, you know, what can you do? Um, Live and learn. It's in the past. I, I don't have a problem with players playing. Uh, So that should be an interesting game. The spread on that game, let me see what the spread is on this game. The spread is like two and a half in favor of the Chargers on the road. Um, Interesting there. And then the 49ers are nine and a half point favorites. So yeah, should be two good games. I have a same game parlay going on um, for at least the first game, San Francisco and Seattle. Uh, There's a promo going on on FanDuel where if you bet... 20 plus dollars um on four leg parlays for the playoffs for wildcard weekend essentially up to $200 max you will receive $100 in free bets so i'm going to try to max that out at the 200 um, so I did $33 on this first game and it has to be at least four legs at plus 400 odds. So I figure if I can win at least one or two of these bets, I, I should, you know, break even or, or be in the positive with that $100 in free bets. And worst case, I lose all of them. I'm down $100 because I get the free hundred. But this first one I feel feel really good about. I threw $33 on it. I've got uh, Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown, uh, George Kittle, 40 plus yards receiving CMC 25 plus receiving yards. That should be a lock. And then under 50 and a half total total uh, points that scares me a little bit. But once the playoffs hit, it's a lot harder to score. Uh, San Francisco's defense is going to dominate this game. I could see them putting up 25 to 30 points alone and then holding, you know, um the Seahawks to like 10. 10 points or so i don't think san francisco is going to score that much i hope not um last time they played it was 21 13 so anything like that would be perfect um but yeah so that's my first one it pays out 194 i'd profit like 166 or so so hit this one and we're off and running um with my bets for wild card weekend so that's what i'm doing um And, of course, I like San Francisco in this game. Nine and a half is a lot, but I really like it. And then I actually like the Chargers in the second game. They've been very frustrating, but this feels kind of like an easy game for them. Uh, It's a total revenge game. Uh, Yeah, the Jaguars have won uh, five in a row, but I think the buck stops here. It's a nice story that them getting to the playoffs this year and because nobody saw them winning that division. Of course they never would have won the division if Tennessee hadn't lost what seven in a row to end the year, if they didn't lose Ryan Tannehill for sure. Um, because Malik Willis just wasn't the guy and they had to go to their third string quarterback. A lot of lot of third string quarterbacks playing um in wild card weekend. We've got Brock Purdy, um we've got Skylar Thompson uh tomorrow. Uh we've got let's see. We've got um oh, uh Anthony um what's his name? The the new quarterback from New Jersey for the Ravens because Lamar Jackson will miss that game again. We've got um Anthony Brown, their third string quarterback going up against the Bengals. They stand really no chance in that game. And then, um, you know, you have the Cowboys and the Bucks. Tom Brady and Dak Prescott, two pretty good quarterbacks. And we will get a Manning cast for that Monday night game, which is great because it's MLK day. I don't have work on Monday, so it's going to be a nice three day weekend watching um, some football for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um. So while we're at it, why don't we, yeah, bills are favored by 13 and a half over the dolphins because of this whole Skylar Thompson situation Two has not been cleared. Teddy Bridgewater can't grip the football. So they're favored by 13 and a half. DeMar Hamlin is back home in Buffalo. I wonder if he'll even, if maybe he'll be at this game, cheering them on. We all know he will at least be watching and cheering on from home. Um, so they're favored by 13 and a half. That's the lock of the weekend. In my opinion, the Vikings and the giants, um, I like the giants in an upset. Here. Year. They lost on a 61-yard field goal the last time these two teams met up. Uh, the Vikings had an, a negative point differential, a worse point differential than the Jets and the Browns. I just think they're, you know, yes, they're they're they're, they're able to win the close games. They went friggin' 13 and four. It, it's just I think their luck runs out here in the playoffs. Although today is the Minneapolis miracle, which I'll get into later on in the show. So maybe some fate. Ah, uh, then Bengals, Ravens. That's another easy one. Bengals favored by eight and a half. That's a shoe in. And then Cowboys and Bucks. Cowboys minus two and a half. Um, but guess what? Tom Brady is at home. He's seven and zero oh against the Cowboys in his career. That's the best mark against any team. I don't bet against Brady, no matter what. Um, not a Todd Bowles guy. Obviously, I think he's done a terrible job this year. They were just in a an even worse division, the worst division in football, really. Um, they finished 8-9 and nine and made the playoffs. Not often that happens, that you win your division with a, you know, sub-500 record. But I actually, sadly, like the Bucs here. I really do. Um, it, you know, we all know about the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy could be coaching for his job here, um, but that should be a really, really good matchup. That's going to be the toughest one. Uh, to pick that and the Vikings giants, I expect to be extremely, extremely close. So yeah, that's the NFL. Um, that is wild card weekend. And like I said, we will get a Manning cast for Monday night. So I'm excited about that. Um, oh, and then congrats to that one person that won the little over one. What was it? 1.3 billion dollar, um, mega millions jackpot. I didn't play it. Thankfully, I didn't play it because that person, I wouldn't have won, obviously. Um, By the way, now that the regular season is over, yeah, newsflash, the Texans fired Lovie Smith after he went for two and cost them the number one pick. Against the Colts, he went for two, got it. They won by one point. And subsequently, Lovey Smith knocked the Texans out of the number one pick. But that's not why they fired him. Obviously, they are going in a different direction. They're in a rebuild. They need a quarterback. So what happened by winning that game? The Bears, who lost 10 in a row to end the season and started Nathan Peterman. God help us all, who was replaced rather quickly. Okay, the Bears are now on the clock. They have the number one pick. The Jets, I believe, are locked into the 13th overall pick after losing six in a row to end the season. So they will need to find themselves a quarterback. They're linked to the likes of Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, um, Jimmy Garoppolo. So we'll see what they do. I'd like to see them draft a guy like Anthony Richardson out of Florida in one of the mid-rounds, mid, mid rounds, th- third round, fourth round, something like that. And then with that uh, 13th overall pick, I wouldn't mind them taking the kid, the uh, tight end, out of Notre Dame. We have not had a stud tight end in a very, very long time. And I think it's been a problem. Um, yeah, Uzama is a good tight end, but for whatever reason, um, our O line was so bad that we just, we had to use him over and over again in the blocking and Conklin just is not it, man is not it. Um, so yeah, the, the the Bears are on the clock at number 1. The Bears are locked in to Justin Fields. He had an unbelievable season. If he played in that last game, he would have broke Lamar Jackson's single season rushing record for quarterbacks in NFL history, but he was banged up. That's the knock on him a little bit. He gets banged up cuz he's such a good rushing quarterback. Can't really throw it yet, but the Bears are still locked in from what they've there's no reason for them to move on from Justin Fields yet. Um, So they're not going to take a quarterback. So I don't know why the Texans are all, you know, Texans fans and everybody's all up in arms. Yeah. People are saying they could, they could trade the pick and all they're open to trading the pick. That's just for leverage. If there's some stupid team out there willing to trade like five first round picks or some ridiculous thing to go get like CJ Stroud or something. Okay. But again, I don't think the quarterback class this year is at that, like Andrew, Andrew Luck, um, Peyton Manning, like, one of those crazy generational-type quarterback years, like, or a Trevor Lawrence-type situation. So I don't really think a team is going to be willing to trade that much to go up to number one, and I think the Bears will stick there um, and probably draft an offensive lineman or D-end or something like that. Maybe the D-tackle, that kid from Georgia, um, is a stud. So that's where we stand um, with the draft. Okay, so that's enough for my football talk. Um, NBA, we now know Kevin Durant is out for a month at least with the MCL sprain. It's almost identical to the MCL sprain that he suffered a year ago in February. This is what Durant does. Um, He's such a tall, freakishly good athlete that can shoot. There's really never been anyone like him um, that when you're that tall and that athletic, it's going to happen, especially in the sport of basketball. You're going to you're going to get hurt. And ever since the Achilles injury, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30 and it's just going to happen. It, it But it sucks because the Nets were playing their best basketball of the year since since Jacques Vaughn took over as head coach and that's have had the best record in the NBA. They went on a 13 game winning streak we all know about that. Um, so they were playing the Celtics on Thursday night. And a lot of the air was taken out of this game because Celtics are first in the East. Nets are second. And there's it's like, oh, there's no Kevin Durant. You know, the Nets are going to lose this game. But then it was announced that Jalen Brown wasn't going to play. So I was like, OK, now I feel better about tuning in. And the Nets were were looking good early on. They had an eight point lead at one point and they, they blew that. And It was painful to watch because it looked like the Nets of old in the fourth quarter where they were stuck on like 84 points or something. And the, the Celtics ended up ballooning that lead to like 12. And it just, it was over there. They ended up losing by like nine or so. Ben Simmons, though, did not score a point in this game. I think it was the second game of the season that he didn't score at all. Now, it was okay because he had 10 assists at the half, which was legit. And he finished with a game high 13 assists, nine boards, one shy of a double-double would have been nice for my fantasy team. But the fact that he only attempted three shots um, and they were like turnaround, like, you know, hook shot type stuff, like he doesn't shoot the ball, obviously. Uh, but the fact that he can't score a single point is rough because without Kevin Durant on the floor, yeah, 13 assists, nine boards. If Kevin Durant's on the court, you don't even worry about him at, like not scoring. That's fine. Uh, but without Kevin Durant he's going to have to give you at least 10 to 15 points a game. And it's just ridiculous that he's only attempting three three shots. I mean, this is a former, like, all-pro type player, like, all-NBA type caliber, you know, player. He's a primo defender. He's a great, you know, assist-to-turnover ratio guy. Like, he can do it all. 6'11 point... I, I just don't understand how this man can't score the basketball it, it's it, it's quite it's quite stunning is really really what it is um and i just i really uh, it, it's i i don't understand it to be quite honest i don't understand how he can't score the basketball um so anyway that was on thursday the nets lose that game um they're still in second in in the east by like half a game because they have one less loss than milwaukee Um, but we're still early into the season. We still got a ways to go. Steph Curry did come back this week as well. And um, guess what, guys? They actually or finally won a game on the road, which is nice. Um, Last night, they played San Antonio at the Alamo Dome, which is where uh, UT San Antonio football plays. So this place seats 64,000. They broke the NBA attendance record by like a mile 68,323. The stadium only seats 64,000, so I don't know how those 4,323 got into the stadium, but I've just seen this all over social media. So here's what that sounded like with Ryan Rucco on the call. Amazing atmosphere at the Alamo Dome. It has been a remarkable scene. And David Robinson... Announcement to the crowd just a moment ago, 68,323 fans, a new single game NBA attendance record shattering the previous mark from 1998 at the Georgia Dome. History tonight in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome. Yeah, it's just, it's insane that that many people showed out for an NBA game. And my God, did the did the Warriors destroy the San Antonio Spurs? I think it's time for Greg Popovich to... to 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 bow out. Um, The Spurs are 13 and 30, and the Warriors get back to 500. It's nice to see Steph back. He didn't do a whole lot of scoring, but they won this game 144 to 113, ladies and gentlemen. Clay Thompson had 16. um, Steph had 15. Steph was efficient, 6 of 12, 50%, but only 2 of 7 from 3. um, Four rebounds, three assists. Uh, Jordan Poole led the way with 25 points. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, had 22, but 144 points. And I believe they scored 40 points in two, they scored 41 in the second and 40 points in the third quarter. I believe, uh, that's the first time they've done that since 2019. I think I read last night, um, from like ESPN stats and info. Let me see if I can just see that real quick. Oh, wow. Um, Sorry, let me see real quick. Um, Yeah, either way, that's, uh. yeah, the first time the Warriors had multiple 40-point quarters in a game since January 11th of 2019. Wow, almost three years to the day, in fact, or four years to, to the day. Um, it's also the first time they've had consecutive 40-point quarters since October 29th. 2018 versus Chicago hmm it's an interesting one there um okay yeah uh let's see where was I going with that um so yeah I I, I don't know I wasn't paying attention because like I said last night I was preoccupied. I was at my grandma's, um, celebrating her 90th birthday. So I don't really know why they played this game at the Alamo dome, what the whole thing was with this game and why so many people showed up. It seems almost as if like they were trying to break some sort of attendance record. I'm not, I'm not quite sure exactly where we, they were going with this. Um, but keeping in the realm of basketball, Let's quickly switch it over and talk some college hoops. My alma mater, Rutgers, has been killing it. Um, They lost a rough game against Iowa at home, which kind of pissed me off because that was on Sunday going into Monday. They could have had a chance to be ranked if they won that game. Um, And then they played Northwestern on the road on Wednesday, one and a half point favorites. And let me see if I could find it because my man did it again to transfer cam spencer Rutgers finally found themselves a shooter and it's been a warm welcome because he did it against number one purdue and he does it again so so they were winning this game basically the entire way was ruckers against northwestern they were one and a half point favorites on the road northwestern was seeking uh their first like four and one start in big 10 in like years like years um and ruckers is winning this all game and then of course ruckers turns into ruckers can't do anything northwestern is hitting some crazy shots they were taking a lot of bad threes in this game but naturally when you take a bunch of a crap ton of threes some of them are going to go in and Rutgers found themselves down one and this guy on northwestern basically threw up a prayer and banked it in so now ruckers finds themselves down four with like under a minute and they're in trouble at this point. So then Rutgers cuts it to two, and there's like 20-plus seconds left. So here's a look at what that sounded like. Okay, he has it. Dribbles at the logo. Amori double-team. Okay, he to Spencer. Spencer, for the lead. He's got it! Cannonball Cam does it again, just like at Mackey. Rutgers leads by one. Yeah, so he hits that huge three. He finishes the game uh with a game high 23 points i believe he was 6 for 7 from the three point line including one earlier before that that was just a prayer he shot up and he actually banked it in but shame on northwestern for leaving him open i don't know what happened they 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 just tried to double-team Mulcahy at the top of the key um, towards the left wing, and he turns and finds a wide-open Cam Spencer, and he shoots it with absolute vigor, ice in his veins, confident as all hell, because most of these guys on Rutgers, they catch the ball in the corner, and if you're getting the ball in the corner, you better just shoot the ball. And they always hesitate, and they always want to pass, and nobody wants to shoot the ball. And Caleb McConnell, he's broken. His pure, like standstill jump shot is broken. This man is a broken shooter. He can only shoot on the move or from fade away. And even then I don't trust him. So yeah, he's one of the best defenders in the country. Just keep doing that. But my God, some of these guys just cannot shoot at all. But thankfully, uh, Rutgers didn't blow this game. They went on a seven Oh run and end up getting the win over Northwestern. They're now sitting in third place in the big 10 standings. Um, Of course, uh, Purdue is in first place right now. They only have the one loss there to Rutgers. Um, Let's see. But... Uh, yeah, you got Purdue, Michigan State, Rutgers. Rutgers will play Ohio State at home tomorrow. That is a huge revenge game after Rutgers got jobbed against Ohio State on the road. Of course, the Big Ten came out and said as much. The guy stepped out of bounds. Rutgers should have won that game, and they didn't. We could be 5-1 and one in this conference and in first place right now. So it's a huge revenge game at home, especially since our last home game was against Iowa, and we played our worst game of the year. So I'm excited to see that game uh, tomorrow. Hopefully, Rutgers can pull it out. Um, I, I, you know they're sitting at 12 and five right now. Um, they have a chance to get their best seeding in the NCAA tournament. Of course, last year they were one of the first they they had to play in one of those play-in games, and they lost in double overtime to Notre Dame. Um, but back-to-back NCAA tournament berths, I think uh, Steve Peichel has to be considered for what he's done the last few years as the coach of the year this year, especially losing his top two players, essentially. Um, it, it's just an it, it, unbelievable job what they have been able to do. And Cam Spencer has really been like one of the most impactful transfers in the Big 10. And he really gives uh, Rutgers, you know, a chance when he's shooting as well as he's been over the last week and a half or two weeks or so. Um, but enough Rutgers talk, let's talk some big boys. Um, How about Kentucky? I mean, are you kidding me? One of the most passionate fan bases in college basketball. They must be fuming right now. The only thing that Kentucky fans had to to be excited about over the weekend was, uh, or over this weekend, is Olivia Dunn. Um, The, the, uh, LSU gymnast who has a 7 who has 7 million followers on TikTok, uh 20-year-old gymnast. She wasn't even competing against Kentucky and all these boys, all these guys, these college guys were swarming this place. They had to have extra security because she's so popular um and it's just that's all they really had to be excited about right now because football season is over and the basketball team i don't know what's going on i really don't um calipari maybe he does have his foot out the door and he's too consumed with this texas job maybe it's legit maybe he is actually going to jump ship and, and you know head head to longhorn nation i i don't know um but they they they're just not the same kentucky that they've been you know under under cal um and you know, if he doesn't leave, they might actually get rid of him because it's it's really it's really surprising and i'm not just I'm not just trying to blow smoke up uh, you know um like they have not been good and this listen, I will say this with Purdue being at number one for a minute and all you know um all the up and down like the college basketball season this year, I think is the talent level is not what it used to be. So I, I I think cumulatively throughout the country the sport uh is down um talent wise. I really do believe that. Um Kentucky is 1 in 3 in in SEC play. They're 10 and 6 overall. They are 9 and 1 at home, but they're 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 0 for on the road, 0 and 3, and they lost to South Carolina by uh 3. They have losses to Michigan State um, Gonzaga, okay, those are two top teams in the country, of course. They lost to UCLA. They lost to Missouri, a team they should not have lost to. They lost at—this was the game um, a week ago where they lost to Alabama by 26. I talked about that on last week's episode. So back-to-back losses. Uh, they just lost their first home game— game now to South Carolina, so they didn't bounce back they didn't show that grid of a top tier team after the the cr- the crushing loss to Alabama on the road. Alabama's a top five team in my top ten at least in my opinion anyway um and they have a very high ceiling what a has been able to do there is nothing short of remarkable um and so to come back from that at home and then to lose to South Carolina, I mean Wow. And yeah, they made a run in the second half because they were outscored by 10 in the first half, but it was just not enough. They came up a little bit short. They have the reigning player of the year in college basketball on their team. There is no reason that this team should be 10 and six. I mean, they're they're getting, quite frankly, embarrassed. And if they're not careful, um, they could become the Texas A&M. Of college, you know, basketball. Uh, Texas A&M, of course, had the number one recruiting class in college football and had an abysmal under five hundred season. This could be Kentucky, and they could miss the NCAA tournament. And if that does happen, oh, you better believe, you better believe, Rupp Arena is going to be out for blood, and they're going to be out for Cal- Calipari's job. Um, and things are going to have to change. So, um, we. Did, real quick, we did get a uh, destination. I forgot to mention this in my NFL segment. Um, should the Chiefs and Bills play in an AFC championship, it will be at a neutral site. That neutral site will be Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, where the Falcons play. Um, that's the neutral site that, that it's going to be. Um, so, yeah, Kentucky, just yikes. Uh, Duke's been another team that hasn't really been been that great this year. But here's where we're standing. We've got a couple of, you know, one one loss teams in Houston, Kansas, and Purdue. That's your top three in that order. Um, then Alabama's sitting at four. They're 14 and two. Tennessee, another good one, 14 and two. Uh Yukon had a couple losses in a row there. They've they're now fifteen and three. Um UCLA is fifteen and two. McCronin just continues to to be great uh gonzaga 15 and 3 arizona 15 and 2 look at that texas they're 10th in the country at 14 and 2 and they fired chris beard and they haven't really missed a beat kansas state oh they're playing i believe tcu um right now that's a good matchup tcu is actually ranked in in uh, college basketball um and then we've got a big game with Kansas uh, later today. Kansas will face Kansas at home. Will face Iowa State. So that's number two versus number fourteen. Can't wait for that game tonight. Um, I will tune into that while I'm watching, obviously football and whatnot. So there's some really good matchups um, today. You've got uh, let's see, TCU's on top of Kansas by uh, Kansas State by six right now. Uh, Alabama takes on LSU at 4 How about this one? The University of Charleston is is ranked 22nd in the country. They are 17 and 1. 17 and 1. Can you imagine? Can you imagine 17 and 1 Charleston? I mean, if you could tell me what conference Charleston plays in, Uh congratulations. I mean, they're playing Elon at four o'clock. So I mean, it's just it's incredible. Incredible what what they've been able to do. They could be uh, you know, the green wave of of college basketball this year. Uh you got, let's see, I said that Kansas and Iowa State. Ah, Duke Clemson. Duke is 13 and 4. They're 24th in the country right now. Arizona, Oregon. That's always a good matchup. Um, Texas, Texas Tech. UCLA, Colorado, um, Auburn, Mississippi, San Diego State, and New Mexico. There's only that one, um, those two ranked matchups today between uh, TCU and Kansas State, and um, Kansas and Iowa State. So not too many great, great games. Uh, Miami, Oh, Miami lost in overtime. Miami's another team had a really great season so far. They beat Rutgers earlier this year by like seven. Um, but they lost to NC State by two in overtime. And then, um, oh, okay, speak of the devil, I'm bashing Kentucky. I didn't even realize they played this morning uh, or earlier today at 12. And they actually jumped. They they bounced back, beating number five, Tennessee, 63-56. So, okay, John Cal, uh, don't count Kentucky out just yet. That's a huge win. Huge win. For uh, the Wildcats, absolutely huge, as, you know, Trump would say. All right. Enough college basketball. Um, Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Harbaugh, he wants to stay. He doesn't want to stay. Um... What's interesting is somebody talked about this on the radio. I totally forgot about this. Last year, he was trying to jump ship and go to the Vikings, I remember. And there was some like every from what I'm hearing lately uh, or what I heard the other day, he had this bizarre like nine hour interview. And it was kind of from people with knowledge of the situation. It was like very bizarre. Um, He interviewed on National Signing Day, no less, which was just really weird. And like from people inside the room, it seems like I don't know he just had a screw a screw loose or something, so he didn't end up getting that job. I think he thought it was a formality, like he was going there, signed some paperwork, I'm your head coach, and then they wanted to interview him for nine hours, and it's just like, yo, I'm John, Har- I'm I'm Jim Harbaugh here, like what the hell is is going on? So, I don't know. Via the team Twitter account now, he said he's in full support, uh, you know, he, that he's going to stay. I, I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, because the president, Santa Ono, tweeted yesterday that the school wants to see Jim Harbaugh stay as the head football coach. And then apparently he tweeted in response that he's in full support of the president's message. Um, But I still think Jim Harbaugh... Harbaugh is had to, Think about this, right? If you have a chance to go from college to NFL, you're going to take that chance. And as somebody that had success and came oh so close in a Super Bowl losing to his own brother, that's got to sting. He's got to want to get back there. And then all the semantics and the logistics and the politics that is college football constantly traveling to recruits homes, trying to basically bribe them to come to your school. You know, you you go talk to a kid's family and you leave five minutes later, they're, pro- they're calling you up saying, what kind of NIL deal? What can you offer me? Because this school is offering me this. And it's like, who wants to deal with that? The guy's had all the success in the world. Yeah, he hasn't won a playoff game since he's been at Michigan, but he's finally slayed Ohio State. He doesn't really have too much more to prove. He's got Michigan back on track. Um, So we'll see Um, if he can't get a job in the NFL. Of course, he's just going to keep coming back year after year. Uh, So that's basically where we sit with that. Um, Oh, yeah. Clemson fired its offensive coordinator. And they're looking at TCU's Garrett Riley as a replacement. That's an interesting one. Um, I feel like we got to talk some baseball. Carlos Correa is out as a Met. He signed, it's just bizarre, two teams, two mega deals, both falling through because of this ankle and this foot that he's got this plate in. I think something happened last year where he slid in the third base and he felt the plate vibrate or something in his ankle was vibrating and it was concerning him for a minute and then it stopped vibrating and he seemed fine. But there's concern with these teams to sign him to a long-term deal because I don't really think he's played a full season in quite some time. Yes, he's a supreme talent, but he's won world series with the Astros Um, but, and there's a big, but a lot of these teams fear that they sign him to a long-term deal. He's not going to be healthy with that plate in his ankle. Cause I think, I don't think the plate is supposed to have been in this long. Like there's some concern with that plate and why it's still in there. And so these two teams backed off the giants and Mets and the team that he was with last year on a one-year deal. Swoops in, signs him to a seven-year, two hundred million dollar contract. Oh my God! And he's back with the Minnesota Twins to play shortstop. He will not be playing third base with the Mets, uh, which is what he was going to do if the Mets signed him. And um, that two hundred million dollar deal can get as high as two (laughs) seventy five. Excuse me. It could get as high as two seventy five. So I also didn't mention last week that Trevor Bauer was reinstated. Longest suspension in MLB history, Trevor Bauer, the abuse of women allegations, all this good stuff. I don't really know too much about it. Um I just know that Trevor Bauer is a quirky guy. He may, may he has a you know a screw loose. Um but I actually follow him a little bit on social media over the past couple of years as he's been, you know, suspended and he makes some good content. Uh, I just saw a video the other day, he was showing you how to like throw a cutter. Um, He he gives a lot of good tips and pointers, you know, so love him or hate him. He's actually, you know, for these young kids out there, if they go on social media, TikTok, and they follow him and watch his videos, it's actually very informative, very educational and very helpful. Um, But he's been reinstated by baseball. The Dodgers cut him immediately, like they got rid of him. He's, Free to sign with any team in baseball for the league minimum of seven hundred and like seventy thousand dollars or something like that. Yet no team has signed him as of late. I don't know why. The Mets lost Jacob DeGrom. I think he would be a stud with the Mets now. Um, you'd have Scherzer, Verlander, and and Trevor Bauer. Ah, uh, the Yankees. I think should go out and sign him after today's news that Frankie Montas. They just signed him yesterday to avoid arbitration and. Now, he's going to miss the first month of the season. I don't even want this guy on the team. Ever since we traded for him at the deadline last year, he was the worst pitcher in baseball. Absolute, Absolutely abysmal. Um, So, yeah, good riddance. He's out for a month. Great. So, yeah, why not? I don't know why nobody's signing Trevor Bauer. He did his time. He's been reinstated. Like, you're telling me you can't use a pitcher of his caliber? I, I just don't. I mean, yeah, okay. I get why. Now that I think about it, him and Garrett Cole played at UCLA and apparently they hate each other, but, um, you know, still, it seems, it seems like a moot point at this point because the Yankees haven't won a world series in forever, 2009. Can you believe this? First of all, think about it. Yankees haven't had, haven't won a world series since 2009. My jets haven't made the playoffs since 2010. I mean. Yikes. My Nets haven't won a championship um, forever. Uh, the last time they got to the finals was forever. What, 2001, when they went back to back and they lost both finals to the Spurs and Lakers. Like, my teams are abysmal, abysmal. Actually, I think the last of my, you know, teams that I follow to win a championship. It's possible it was the Devils. In the NHL, I can't quite remember when the Devils last won a a title, but it was either the Devils or the Yankees in 09, which is sad. Um, Let's see. When did the Devils win a Stanley Cup? Let's Google this real quick. The Devils last won a Stanley Cup. Uh, Let's see. Oh, I think they lost. Okay, they lost in 2011. Um, okay, I think yeah. All right, so scratch that. It must have been the Yankees. Anywho, my team, basically, my teams suck right now, and any team I follow is just an absolute joke. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, okay, we're like 46 minutes in, and I feel like I haven't really talked about much. Um. The Dodgers claim they have their replacement at shortstop after they lost Trey Turner. I think that's a far cry from Trey Turner's replacement, but they traded with the Marlins for Miguel Rojas, who is an okay player. Um, Pretty good defensively, but I don't know about about his replacement. Um, Oh, here we go. Uh, Myers Leonard, remember that guy that got basically canceled because he said dumb blank b on a live stream of call of duty yeah uh the the Miami Heat then traded him somewhere out west and he's been out of the league it's been 2 years since we've seen him play um but he worked out for the Lakers yesterday so that's something um so keep an eye out on that we also have nba news the first g league player ever to compete in a slam dunk contest in the NBA All-Star Weekend. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, I wonder who this G League player is. It's freaking Max McClung. I, If you know anything about me, it's that I despise Max McClung because um, I believe this kid is like rapper Riff Raff's cousin or whatever. And coming out of high school, he was like this white guy that was had all these crazy hops and dunking and all this stuff and he was supposed to come to rutgers he was supposed to come to rutgers he snubbed us he went to georgetown and then uh, i mean we all know what's going on with georgetown um with patrick ewing it's gotten to levels that i can't even comprehend but anyway he then transferred from georgetown and i was like oh maybe he'll come back he'll come to rutgers finally and he went to texas tech and now he's in the G League and they're letting this guy compete in the dunk contest. I swear to God. I mean, obviously, I'm going to tune in and watch because, you know, I want to see what the white boy has against against my, you know, uh, against the against some brothers. Um, but that it, it, it's certainly interesting. And from an entertainment standpoint, I absolutely will, will will tune in. Would love to see LeBron compete in this for once uh, now that he's towards the end of his career and the Lakers just are irrelevant but yeah Max McClung a, a G leaguer is going to compete in the dunk contest and god forbid this guy should win um that would be pretty bad for the NBA so um yeah I really don't have much else besides that um we've got one game going on in the NBA right now the Heat are beating the Bucs 82-76. Uh, to 76. Tyler Hero is out again in this game. Hasn't played since that net game um, a week or a week and a half ago. I think that was last Saturday when the Nets won by one. The final play of the game, if you didn't see it, Tyler Hero um, slipped and kind of buckled his leg, and it was actually his Achilles. So he's dealing with some Achilles soreness. So I don't really know when we'll see him back. But this would be nice if the Heat could beat the Bucks, at least for the Nets, so they wouldn't drop to third right now in the East. Um, what else? We've got obviously the Rutgers. Rutgers is hosting Ohio State tomorrow. We've got more playoff action. I told you about that. Um I think yeah, we've got uh, okay, Yukon St. John's tomorrow, and then Xavier and Marquette. That's number twelve versus number twenty-five. That's at 12 noon tomorrow, both of those games. Um, So there's that. Uh, I don't think there's really much else going on. I mean, this is all about the NFL this year, uh, uh, this weekend, all about the NFL playoffs, especially. So I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Our final segment, as always, is on this date in sports. And of course, I'll cue this up. I talked about it briefly on this date. Five years ago, so what is that, 2018? So January um, thir- uh, 14th, 2013, when, no, it was not Kirk Cousins, but rather Case Keenum, the Minneapolis miracle. He's going to try to work the ball on the boundary. Keenum <laughs> steps into it, passes Marcus Williams here. He has a shot. I'm not sure really what he's thinking, Joe. He comes in. He's got him dialed in. And he just, all he's got to do is make a play. And even if he catches it, you tackle him in bounds. The game is over. And I know Diggs, he's he's catching this. He's expecting somebody to hit him. And he turns around. Heck, nobody's there. And he's off to the races. And it's pandemonium. 61 brilliant yards for Stefan Diggs. And Case Keenum has just taken the Minnesota Vikings to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, talk about insane! I'll never forget watching that game. I don't know what the Saints were doing there. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Tackle them in bounds, and the game's over. Uh, one quick note: something else baseball related that that came out. This is quite significant. Uh, the electronic strike zone will be used in every AAA park this season. I believe that came yesterday via Buster um, only. That means robot umps are a real thing, and they will be at every AAA game that you go to or watch on television next season, which means AAA is only one stop away from the MLB. Now, this doesn't actually mean there's no umpire behind the plate. The umpires have you know, an earpiece in their ear, like an AirPod or something like that. The ball comes in, is pitched. A an electronic AI system, whatever you want to call it. Tells the umpire in his ear whether it's a ball or strike and the umpire makes the call. Will there be some, you know, glitches or technical difficulty with this? Yes, they've they've been testing it out. They've they think they've worked out all the kinks and end up independent ball because sometimes it might take like 10 to 12 seconds or so for the robot to like tell the umpire what whether it was a ball or strike which will obviously is not good and could it and delays the game quite significantly so hopefully that is not the case but i'm very interested to see it because how many times have we seen in um in baseball games where these umpires in key situations and key playoff games um just can't get it done we've also got the sony open some some golf going on so i'm going to live vicariously through that a little bit being that it's 35 degrees here in new jersey and i just can't go play golf even though somehow my brother was playing today in this cold weather um which is just absolutely insane um you got Chris Kirk leading that at eleven under. J.J. Spawn, Taylor Montgomery. There's really nobody good in this, so I probably won't watch. But it is in Honolulu, um, and it's on ESPN Plus. You could check that out. Um, real quick, some some storylines. Um, okay, so uh, the Rams now that Sean McVay is back, they are going to pick up Matthew Stafford's option bonus. Um, oh, this guy Rashford. Um, on Man U, right? Marcus Rashford. Man U came back. I believe they were down uh one nothing late against Manchester City uh this morning, and they came back and won it two to one. This kid, this kid, Marcus Rashford, are you kidding me? He has now scored a goal in nine straight games. Oh my god. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, I remember seeing something recently this week that he had scored in like eight straight games and all this stuff. It it's just unreal. Um, so yeah, not that I'm a huge soccer guy, but for those that are, yeah, something also happened in this um Lakers and Mavs game. Apparently, NBA's latest uh last two minute report, they said they missed seven calls. Seven calls. Down the stretch of this game uh, in the last two minutes, it's unbelievable because I think like LeBron came out furious after the game, like lashing out about this. Yeah, because there was a non-call on LeBron James potential game winner in the first overtime period. That was one of seven incorrect calls in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter and the two overtimes uh, that this was on Thursday night's game. Uh, so two na- two nights ago uh LeBron's shot attempt came with the score tied and 2.9 seconds left in the first overtime according to the report Christian Wood initially uh excuse me initiated contact to James left arm before blocking the shot and the illegal contact affected James shot attempt Oof, yikes um the Mavs went on to win 119 to 115 in double overtime yeah just so that's brutal um let's see Oh, wow. Uh, A local man who became known as Merry Christmas Jay after he rescued 24 people during the deadly snowstorm in Buffalo last month was surprised with Super Bowl tickets by a Bills legend on Friday. Thurman Thomas and his wife, uh, Patty, presented Jay Withy with two tickets to next month's Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona on behalf of the Bills and Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to keep you guys up. I gave you my playoff predictions. Uh I don't know if I'm quite ready to give you my Super Bowl prediction. I really really like the 49ers out of the NFC, but I just feel like if they're running if they're going to go with if Jimmy G's not back and healthy and they're sticking with Brock Purdy, I just think he's going to see some sort see an element uh, of defense that he has not yet seen. And he's just so raw and so young. I don't know if they have enough to get to the Super Bowl and get out of the NFC with him behind center. So it's really tough to pick them. Um, Should they get to an NFC championship game and get Jimmy G back? I would love to see that. Um, On a side note, switching it over to the NBA, this was something I wanted to mention. Kyle Korver was just promoted and hired to be the Hawks' assistant general manager. I guess he was doing something with player development in the organization. I didn't even know that. I thought he was, you know, helping out the Nets a couple, you know, within the last couple of years. But the the um, Hawks now have former NBA player l- players, uh, you know, managing this team. Landry Fields, former Knicks player, is the is the general manager, and now Kyle Korver, one of the best three point shooters of all time, is the assistant general manager. So that's kind of cool. I don't know if it'll work out for them, but still cool nonetheless. Um, so yeah, I kind of like the 49ers in the NFC, but with some question marks there. Um, and then in the AFC, you can't go wrong picking the Bills or Chiefs. I mean, um, odds wise, you know, if if you want to make us make a bet based on like the odds, because the odds are not great with the Chiefs and Bills, then yeah, obviously the Bengals. I don't see any of the I don't see any upsets coming out of the NFC uh, the AFC that I can tell you. I do see upsets in the NFC like I expect the Giants to beat the Vikings. Um wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks beat the Cowboys. I mean anything goes right now with this NFC. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Um and it all starts at 4:30. So good luck with your bets if you're making any. Enjoy watching these games. Stay safe, stay healthy. Um enjoy the long weekend. Happy MLK Day Monday. And I'll catch everybody next week, hopefully on Friday this time. It's been two weeks in a row that I've done these episodes on Saturday. So with that being said, I'm the Pody. You've been listening to episode 196 of This Week in Sports. And I'll catch you next week. Pody out.